Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. monster the Japanese call Godzilla has just walked out of Tokyo Bay. We begin the attack on Earth now. We persuaded the thing to help you with what little power it has left. Godzilla now reigns supreme and will, in all probability, continue his march towards Tokyo, destroying everything in his path as they go. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Nobody has anything to fear from us, but we are going to control you now. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast that is 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. This is episode number 31, the first episode of Mar- the first episode of April 2011. Off to a great start, and as always, I am Kyle, and with me tonight in the Kaiju Cast studio is my dear friend Heather, who's going to be co-hosting with me tonight. Why? Because she was there, man. She was there. Because much like our Emerald City Comic Con excursion, she, along with Justin and Tiger, was with me at this year's WonderCon. Hello. Uh, now you can say it. <laughs> you can say hello now. Hello. <laughs> All right. I'm, al- I'm allowed to speak now. I was so, a little slow on the, my turn. the knobs. Uh, yeah, so that's a fantastic comic book convention that we went to last year. It's in uh, San Francisco, actually sunny San Francisco this year. And we're going to talk about uh, all the cool things we saw and did at the convention because uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, not all the things we're going to talk about are going to be Godzilla related, I'm sure. But there's some nuggets in there for you kaiju fans. We'll get started on that in just a bit, but we have uh, some news as well, and we've got some music as usual, starting with a brand new song from Brian Setzer, of all people. This one's from the uh, Soul Surfer soundtrack. It's called Go Go Godzilla.
You want to know what those were? The first song was uh, Go Go Godzilla, of course, from Brian Setzer. And that's uh, from a movie called Soul Surfer, which apparently is about a uh, female surfer who was attacked by a shark and got it, lost her arm and continued to surf. And I, that's about all I know about it so far. But it was a nice little track, and I liked the little ladies singing, Go Go Godzilla. And your mic is up, Heather, so you can talk too. I wasn't sure. (laughs) And then the second song, the second song was The Diet Building from uh, Godzilla Mothra Mechagodzilla Tokyo SOS by Michiro Ushima. Um, And I was talking about her on the last show and uh, like how I really like her, her theme for Godzilla. And so that's another one of her pieces from the Millennium Series movies. And that was sort of kind of a request from Chris Mowry from IDW Publishing. Heather's here to talk with us about good old WonderCon. Yay. Yeah, we had a really good time at WonderCon. Um, if uh, if you are a California native, you should definitely be there if you like comic books. And uh, it's kind of like it's in between the size of Emerald City Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con because I don't actually I've never been to San Diego Comic Con, though. So I'm not really positive about that. But it's the biggest con I've ever been to. I always refer to it as the baby brother of San Diego since mm-hmm. they are owned and operated by the same people. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, and it's definitely growing and it's, it's, I think it's actually almost too big for the Moscone center at this point. For but, sure. But I would say, I mean, really only maybe another year's worth of expansion, which it seems like it just gets bigger every year. And, and, and like I said, I mean better. I mean this year I was really, you know, I, I, I like to pay attention to details like the the presentation of the booths themselves. And mm-hmm. I mean, the, the quality of the booths this year was just really stepped up. I mean, I really felt like they recognized the fact that this is actually something that gets national attention. It's no longer just San Francisco's little con. I mean, this and granted, this was the 25th anniversary. So maybe they were, you know, stepping it up for that as well, figuring they'd get a little more, a little more coverage for it. But, you know, there was just more more cases like the display cases yes, yeah the display cases were amazing this year i mean just yeah i thought the dc quality. booth was really great too the dc booth and then there the was marvel booth too i mean they both had both had a lot of right. uh multimedia going on and the yeah. video game testing the yes. marvel booth had at least two or three games and the dc booth had the green lantern game right yeah but i mean just a lot of a lot of variety and a lot more you know i mean i didn't just feel like i was looking at you know at somebody's somebody's collection that they'd brought out to sell at a con i mean it really seemed like they were recognizing the fact that these are collectible pieces that people are you know paying a lot of money i mean it seemed like they they stepped up the respect level for yeah. the for the consumer and the admirer there too because it was really just you know showcasing what was there at the con i thought there was a healthy mix of both like manufacturers and like big name companies like you know uh mattel had a booth there and capcom and of course the big comic book companies but also there were the same smaller booths that were you know you'd have your your small time retailers selling there like i saw tony from tempting toys there and he was selling a bunch of Godzilla stuff that was pretty cool yeah yeah I was uh super seven yes. those guys yeah and from my understanding um I you know I mean my my little my, my little zone of what I what I know about what the uh what the independents were doing you know I, I'm getting information from say 
Karen, my mm-hmm. uh, yeah. my friend, but um, she has done, this is her third year being there in, in Artist Alley, and she has done better each year. And I think that that is, you know, one, her name being out there and people seeing her stuff at the con and getting more familiar and going, well, maybe she's there next year, I'll pick something up or that. But also it's it's just a matter of the fact that there's more interest in independent and uh, and more people going to the convention, you know, more yeah. people there to see it. So it's uh, it definitely seems like a nice a nice blend of the the big names and uh, and the little guy yeah so um i just want to talk really briefly about how when we went to emerald city for i don't know if it was because i was trying to get signatures in the monsters and dames book which i really loved doing at emerald city for sure or if it was just because i didn't have a plan or maybe there were too many panels i was going to but i felt like when we went up to seattle i didn't get to look at all of the vendors and it was more more about like zipping over here for this and then zipping over there for that and then kind of like just crisscrossing around and maybe i saw all the vendors maybe not but for wondercon what we ended up doing was on friday because we went all three days friday saturday and sunday and so on friday because we're hardcore hardcore con goers and uh, nerds <laughs> hardcore nerds and so what we ended up doing was we spent basically all of Friday from the show open because we didn't get there too much later after the show. Opened. No, really. I mean, maybe half an hour. Yeah. And from the show open to the show closing pretty much till we went to go get food. Right. We we gave up about half an hour before the show ended. Yeah. And we just all we did is we went was from 1 7 end. p.m. By the way, yeah. for those of you wondering how many hours there so it was so it was like a seven hours yeah like seven like hours noon, yeah basically. noon to seven pretty much so we were we went from one end all the way to the other end of the vendors area yeah vendor yeah. only and and the vendors are on one side of the big main floor and the artist alley is on the other side followed then by the um the celebrity guests and the photo areas as well as um what would you consider like the brown coat and the 501st? And yeah, like the fan tables. Fan tables yeah. and um, where you can join up with, you know, your your brethren of yeah. of, of causes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I guess I consider, I sort of consider it all like Artist Alley and the celebrities and the fan tables to sort of all be one big kind of group. Right. The, the fan tables are in the same zone because that's a lot of the, uh, you know, dedicated costume groups. Mm-hmm. And the fan tables are right next to, they have a corner that is uh, a dedicated photo area. And that's their attempt to keep the floor from congesting with people going, oh my God, your costume's awesome. Let me get a picture of you, which it still completely happens every, <laughs> you know, four steps you take. and It's chaos. Especially if you're, say, somebody in a Princess Leia costume. But Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah our friend so they've Danielle got a was dressed area. as a slave Leia, and I'm sure she would, could only get about five feet from, you know, Anything. between yeah. getting, you know, from one booth to the next exactly. without having her picture taken. Uh, yeah, so we did the, the vendors on Friday and then on someone we went to dinner and then we came back from dinner and we watched some fan films for some Star Wars fan films which is always fun but we were wiped out by the end of the day and we ended up taking off early and then the next morning we came back which early was still like almost 10 o'clock I mean the thing is is that they've got stuff going until you know like 10 30 or 11 on the Friday and Saturday nights it's uh you know 
party till question mark with WonderCon. <laughs> and and actually, I uh, I will mention this. Like, so the fan films, Tiger is very familiar with a lot of Star Wars fan films because uh, they they do play some of them over again um, the following years, and not all of them are brand new. Justin and Heather and I were kind of talking about, man, we're kind of tired. Do you guys want to go? Maybe <laughs> maybe this is a good time to go. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. And I like look over to tell Tiger that we're going to take off. And right they as had, they're announcing they're announced, what's coming up. What was next. it? It was the uh, Star Wars retold. Yes. And like I turned to look at him, and he had the biggest freaking grin on his face because he loves that one so it, much. It and he literally just, looked like you'd like you'd given. Uh, a small child, a giant l- lollipop. I yeah. mean, he was so excited. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was clearly excited. And I was like, I am not going to break his heart yeah, by telling no, him I, he doesn't get to watch this, even though he can watch it on online. I had turned that direction as well. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, we'll, uh, we'll watch this one. We'll and stay then, for this one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, and then we'll go. Which uh, it is a hilarious one. If you're not is. familiar with it. Totally. You should, uh, you should check it out. Cause it's, it's pretty funny. So then, so then Saturday morning, First, we were attempting Adam Hughes. Oh, yeah, because I'm a big Adam Hughes fan, and he was, uh, this cool thing that Adam Hughes was doing is because of the tragedy in Japan, uh, he and his wife Allison were accepting $5 donations for head sketches, which is pretty cool. If you know anything about Adam Hughes, you know his sketches are uh, generally not $5. Yeah, well, and this is a, you know, it's a very stylized, simplified sketch, but at the same time, getting, getting something from Adam Hughes and having the ability to say, hey, you know, this, this is money that I could be spending on something else and that I'm, I'm putting it towards uh, the relief efforts in Japan, I felt was very awesome. Exactly. And, and for somebody, you know, that big of a name at a convention to do something like that, um, you know, it's a, it's a very effective way to raise money for, for a cause because you know that a lot of people are going to turn out for an opportunity like that. I mean, it's just good on both ends. Yes. And Heather, if you can stall for a minute, I can tell you exactly how much money they raised. Oh, that would be fantastic. So actually, why don't you, because one of the things we did is we left before we ate. And so we stopped at Starbucks to eat some food and uh, Tiger and I went down first because you and Justin were getting dressed for uh something cool this is true oh yeah so i imagine that some of your listeners at least are familiar with with steampunk but if you uh if you aren't i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest that you you google it and just acknowledge the fact that it it's an alternate history it it takes uh it takes sort of an era of uh victorian and 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 that that sort of time frame civil war era all all around there and uh, mixes it with science fiction, let's just say. But uh, but Google it, and you'll get some you'll get some really cool stuff. And Google Google steampunk Star Wars. But we uh, we were we were getting dressed into our steampunk gear, which I had actually just acquired a fantastic steampunk ensemble on Friday. And if you look through my Facebook pictures of the con, you'll see some pictures of Heather and Justin dressed up in their steampunk gear. They looked phenomenal. Yes. Very so, good. But we had to spend a little extra time at, at the car to uh, to lace me up as it was because uh, that's, you know, that's one of those things that, that boyfriends do for girlfriends is, uh, is lace them into their corsets when need be. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they were getting dressed and uh, so we technically did not get down to... Um, we did not get down to Adam Hughes's table in time, which now 
we we did encourage you to go to go forth. Yeah, and but uh, I and wanted conquer, to go get food. Conquer I, I was, Adam Hughes. There's two days. It didn't matter. It's true. Not, not a big deal. And it happened. It happened. It did happen. Thanks, thanks to Justin. Yes. Uh, which we'll get into just a little bit later. Yes. Man, I am having the worst time finding this. So much for my my elite skills as an email searcher. Hey guys, future Kyle reporting in the middle of recording. Looks like Adam Hughes and Allison were able to raise $1,878 for the disaster relief in Japan at WonderCon this year. Way to go. Now, back to the show. Uh, so, and then, uh, you know, aside from, aside from that, we also went down there and people were going crazy over your costumes too, which is rad. This is true. There was, well... You know, crazy is. is I say such, crazy. You say crazy. mellow. I don't know. There, there, there were any number of people asking to take our photos, and Justin was being, uh, Justin was being a bit, a bit silly in his, you know, standing back and going, "Oh well, I, I assume that they just wanted a picture of you because you look fantastic and I look like a schlub." And uh, and he did not look like a schlub. He no, looked, of course not. He looked lovely. So so it was <laughs> it was silly. You know, I always say he looks lovely. I you know I I agree. It's uh, he's a lovely lovely man. So there was uh, there was some some artist alley wandering and checking out some of the celebrities that were there and yes. uh, some of the other stuff that went went down and did, we found your friend right Karen. Yes, we found her. Yes, over there in artist alley, and Karen th- Luke. L-U-K. And I believe that I was maybe two rows in before I said, man, I'm really impressed that I haven't bought any prints this time. And then we turned the corner and I was like, oh, I've got to have this and I've got to have this. And then I spent all my money. I was supposed to be his filter people. I, I don't know if I if I achieved my my task. You were my you were my adult, my chaperone. Yeah. Yeah. But it it worked out OK. I mean, I didn't I spent what I wanted to spend. Yes. Oh, I know what I bought on Friday. I didn't mention. I got my Doctor Who shirt. This is true. Yeah, this is true. Doctor Who shirt. Which I'm sure Justin probably told you, but I I failed in getting my my uh, my he Shaun did. of the Dead shirt. Yeah, he said they were out. Yeah, they had like two extra larges left. But you have their card. I do, and wink, so wink. I will. I will achieve shirt, but I was a little sad. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a. They had a discount on there anyway, right? It's true. Yeah. So, uh, and then afterwards, we had. What did we do? Huh? We went to the. Uh, oh right. Comic book <laughs> defense. <laughs> this is an audio podcast, so they couldn't see that. That's true. Well, that was because it was just for you, Kyle. I was trying to, I was trying to hint to you that we went to, because we really didn't do. Uh, we really didn't do a lot of panels this no, year, this actually. No, true. We and did I will say this year little. in general, because Emerald City, we also really didn't. And uh, yeah, I think we went to we went to more at Emerald City though, because you guys went to the Guild panel, and I and I went to the BPRD panel, and we went to the DC Nation panel. Right. That's it. Right. And I guess maybe we went to the same amount. Yeah. 
because this one we went to the comic book po- comic book legal defense legal fund. defense fund. Okay, I couldn't remember CBLDF. where. Yes, I couldn't remember where the L was in the order. We went to the um, art jam. We went to their art jam, which was fun. I wish that I had been able, I, able to sit down, able <laughs> able to sit down, and also feeling uh, feeling a little bit better. I uh, I'm I'm what you call an allergy sufferer for for our listeners here who don't who don't know because why would you? And uh, and so I I managed to have myself a lovely little allergy attack on the way down, and so I was uh, I was a bit in a daze for for the weekend, but you know that's okay because it's it happens it happens it happens. But but, um, but so we went to the CBLDF Art Jam. Yes. And then we left there, and I think we that's when we met up with your parents, right? Right. And then we walked around for a little bit. Walked around for a little while longer. They. I uh, I had sort of wanted to get out of my. I, it was one of those. I mean, you know, because you you troop, yeah. So you understand where it's like you want to stay in, but you want to get out. It's 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 a little bit of both because it's it's fun to be in it and have everybody you know, and you know you look cool and everything. But then exactly, well, that's why you want to stay level. in your costume exactly. is because you're like, man, I look so cool, right? You're like, uh, Nobody's gonna take my picture when I get out of this thing. <laughs> this is true. So, uh, but then we, we went back to the car. I got my audio equipment. Oh, I know what else I did on Saturday. I also met up with, uh, Chris from IDW. You absolutely did. And, uh, we kind of figured out what, uh, what was going to happen, uh, for the IDW Godzilla panel, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, then I, you guys went to go get normal clothes on and I went to go get my audio equipment. Normal clothes. And we kind of all met up back at the IDW Godzilla panel. Yes. Which we'll come back to. Then after that, we went and had dinner. And then after that, we came. Oh, we also, while wandering around, this yeah. this will probably this will probably appeal to, to some listeners here. Uh, while we were wandering around in costume earlier in the day, we, uh, we ran into Grant Imahara from Mythbusters. And, oh yeah, that was cool. That was, that was an artist alley. Yeah. yeah, that was very awesome. And he was dressed as the tenth Doctor Who, and uh, and he was in just there nerding it up. He didn't have you know anything to do with anything all weekend. He just is a San Francisco guy and wanted to come out because he's a big nerd and he's awesome. And he was super nice and talked to us and and uh, yeah. And I totally geeked out because he's awesome. Yeah, totally. You know, he got inducted into the 501st as, I, the, as I found out oh, as an honorary member, as an, as an honorary actual member. honorary member. So because he's because he's worked on and with R two D two. That is right. Yes, he has controlled R two D two because he's uh, he's hardcore. He worked for industry. He's you know he's one of those guys that could be like twenty two or could be like forty five. Like you really don't know. And he, but he uh, he's you know you you forget how much he's done. Yeah. And uh, and he he actually. He worked. I mean, I'm sure plenty of you know the the new season of MythBusters aired last night, and um, and he mentions in it that he's known Jamie Heineman for ten years, and that's you know they met on the uh, Industrial Light and Magic, both working there. So you know he did that like ten years ago. Coolness. Yeah. So we saw him. Yes. I can't. I don't think. I don't remember seeing anybody else like super famous that wasn't just already at the 
the celebrity tables. Right. Yeah. We talked to some. Uh, we talked I did to not some... see Elvira. Girl. No, I know. I was I was disappointed. I didn't actually realize that she was there. And Justin was like, oh, she's always here. I was like, well, I've never seen her. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I didn't see her last year. Yeah, either. exactly. I'm like, I didn't even remember seeing her table last year. But so. then I saw a picture of her from something and I was like, what? She's actually Elvira, Elvira, not the woman who plays Elvira. Like she was dressed up as Elvira, oh. which really bummed me out because I've always had a major crush on Elvira. As you should, sir. <laughs> of course. Uh, yes, uh, we we talked to uh, we talked to some Battlestar Galactica people. Oh, that's right. Yes, the original Apollo and the original Boomer yes. were both there. Richard yes. Hatch, and I can't remember Boomer's name. Much that makes me feel bad. Yes, but they uh, they actually complimented me on my on my outfit. Which was, you know, a little special. <laughs> that was really special, actually. That entire interaction. It was pretty cool. I they got were to super tell, nice. Yeah, I got to tell them that uh, that Tiger and I watched the original series together. Like, uh, which made you way cooler than me because I've only seen the the new. Oh, you've only seen you've yeah. only seen the new stuff. You've I never have. seen the old stuff. I I you know like like a random couple episodes but oh, no, okay. i've never watched it like well i got to tell the, i got to tell them like tiger's favorite episode and they knew the title of it it was pretty awesome yeah it's the, the one in the snow and i still don't remember the name of the episode right. but they were very nice and they obviously are some of those people that come to the cons because they enjoy the people you know it wasn't some people you can tell they're just sitting there uh, just waiting for somebody to walk up with some cash right and it was cool because they were at the same. They were basically like at the same table. Yeah, they were just hanging out. It was like we're at the Battlestar Galactica yeah. table. Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, just uh, really quickly after, I don't remember what happened after that. Well, after, this would be oh, Saturday. Oh, the masquerade. Yes, it was the, the masquerade. masquerade, which is always fun. It is. And there were some amazing costumes. I don't know. Yes. Last year, last year. Okay, so people know because I know I didn't talk about this last year. Last year, they had some fantastic costumes, like really, really over-the-top amazing and like the best things that I had ever seen. Uh, specifically, there was a dude who built a, um, a Bumblebee costume from the Transformers movie, the live-action one, and that thing was amazing. It had Not to have only, been like, almost eight feet tall. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say, like eight feet tall. And it was all like hard. It looked like hard plastic and, uh, and you know, LEDs and the his arm actually spun around like the gun does in the right. movie. It was crazy. And he, he had, uh, he had, he had an audio player yeah. in there. So he'd play, you know, the different, you know, I'm so excited and all the different little songs <laughs> and everything. And, uh, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. And as he should have, he won everything pretty much. And thank goodness. Cause he's probably going to make a few rounds and win, you know, every, as many contests as he can to. Yeah. Make but that was last year. Yeah. But that was last year. This year, I don't know. I mean, they were good ones for sure. There were some really great ones yeah. for sure, but I, not, nothing like over the top. Nothing right. that screamed Bumblebee at me. And then, but then there was the guy from Mass Effect, right, Garrus. And that guy's costume was pretty cool. He right. won. He won a couple of prizes that night. Yes, he did win the. He did win the overall cash prize, which you know ultimately he doesn't get a you know a little statue that says best in show, but he he did walk away with five hundred bucks. So. Good. Yeah, but that um, you know, and it's it's not a costume, you know, it's it's not a costume like Bumblebee where it's so. I mean, you walk into the room and you can't miss it, you know, with Bumblebee because it's just so huge. I mean, it's huge and yellow, but um, but the Garrus really was. I mean, for those of you familiar with the game, it 
it literally, if there's pictures of him up there on the web, find them because the attention to detail was, was just spectacular. And it was, I mean, literally like looking at, looking at the game. I mean, he, he had everything right. It was, it was very impressive. Yeah. I was unfamiliar with the game and then Justin showed me a picture of the character from the game and I thought Justin was showing me a picture of that guy's costume right. at first. It's like, dude, I can see him. He's right there. Why <laughs> he's he's up on picture? the big screen right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then we went to the, the masquerade, which again, always fun. Yes. And which brings us to Sunday. Sunday, we woke up, basically got to the con and we already knew that people were lining up for the Doctor Who panel. And since I had missed my opportunity to get a head sketch from Adam Hughes, we sort of had this weird... The morning uh, got a little hectic at it, that point. Yeah, it was a little weird. We like The Tiger, original plan. The original plan was that Tiger wanted to hold our spots in line, which was yes. super cool of him to do. But as a 12-year-old... Well, and, you know, in his defense, I mean, he is a very responsible child. And so it would have been awesome for him to get to do that had the situation been differently. You know, had yeah. had he been one of those people at the front of the line inside the building. Yeah, but because that's the crazy thing is that the line for the Doctor Who panel, which was in the same spot as the uh, as the masquerade, which is the ballroom, the line for the Doctor Who panel started at the stairs to that, uh, in inside stairs to that room and stretched out the door and all the way around the building like not completely all the way around the building. It was like half the halfway mark, but it was so far that when we got there, it was around, I, mean, I couldn't see the end of right. the line. It was around the block. I mean, because it did take a corner, right? It yeah. was, yeah. I mean, it took a corner. It took, it took, it kind of took two corners in a sense because one of the corners was like right when you get out of the right. building and then, uh, and then it took the corner down the edge of this, down the end of the street. And, uh, for anybody who is at Emerald city that might've stopped in at the, um, at the 501st panel that I was on, the woman who was moderating that, she was in line at WonderCon, and I was really kind of excited to see her. But then I finally got to the end of the line, and by the time we got there, you had been calling me about getting right. in, and it well, was just, it because, was crazy. So it was it was Kyle, Justin, myself, Tiger, and my father with us that day, and my dad did not go all three days. He had to work, so he had bought individual passes for Saturday and Sunday. So we also had to pick up his his uh, ID badge, his his day pass for Sunday. So we had to do that. We wanted to get the Adam Hughes sketch. We wanted to get to the Doctor Who panel. And, uh, and then, you know, finding out that the Doctor Who panel was... And there was... I mean, we all wanted to go to the Doctor Who panel, but there was this small part of me that wondered if... Tiger was going to show up and see the line and be like, oh, I guess it's not going to happen. And the Doctor Who panel was just going to get crossed off of our day. Yeah. But that absolutely didn't happen. He was like, yeah, I'll no, get in no. line. And we're like, yeah. well, you're not going to stand around the far corner of a building in San Francisco as lovely of an area as it may well have been. <laughs> uh, we're yeah. not going to leave you. You know, it's like, okay, Tiger, you stay. I what's, felt really what's uncomfortable with that. Your so. name's Grog. Okay. Yeah. Stay with this Klingon and, uh, <laughs> and we'll find you later. You know, buddy system. And, uh, you know, when we got in line, he whipped out his DS and I was like, no, yeah. you put that away because we are, the line is moving. Yes. Anyway. But so pa- pandemonium sort of ensued. So we got in, got, got our, you know, so Kyle, Kyle and Tiger were heading to the back of the line. Kyle was assessing the situation with Tiger. 
we were going to run in and get my dad's pass on the way in. And then Justin was going to go and hold a spot in line at the Adam Hughes yeah, sketches for, so for that, Kyle. So to that come, I could go get my sketch, which, you know, hindsight being what it is, it's, you know, kind of funny that we didn't just send him with the money in the first place, but, um, true. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, because what what were we really thinking I with the know. distances? They were we were thinking we hadn't been up very long, and it was it was early. And it was a half baked plan was, at best. Yeah. At best. But we got my dad's pass super quick, and then they were starting to actually let people in onto the con floor from the inside. Which I don't know if I told you that the lines of people yeah, that were yeah. getting their passes for that day were being let in, and this is like half an hour before the con actually opened. So we were looking at that, going, "Oh, that's going to complicate things," because some of those people are going to be heading over to the Adam Hughes line yeah, and there they are. But I still wanted to get back outside. But on the way to, we passed my friend Karen and she said that her husband had been standing in line because of course she had to come early to set up her booth. And, uh, and so they were there early. And so he just got in line and I guess they were pretty far ahead in line, but I didn't, I never found them again because I yeah. was I was. You just guys came right to where we were, pretty much. Right. Well, the line got sucked into that building like like a black hole opened. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Crazy, I was really happy that it went so quickly. Yeah, because we uh, we I was trying to call I was trying to call Kyle because I was going to ask him if he you know because he's only met Karen twice basically. Right. And once was a year ago, so I was going to call him. That's he's like, good with faces, so I thought met maybe in quotation marks too. Right. <laughs> like, right. I I thought maybe he might remember her, so I was going to send him and Tiger up in line, and then he could he could potentially, if he even wanted to, leave Tiger with Karen and Rinley, and then come inside. But he didn't. He didn't get the call, and then pandemonium and then I tried to run out to find him and then I forgot my sketchbook to give Justin because he was going to get in line in case he got up to the front before we got back to him which of course did happen so See, I made the security it's, it's, guards very mad let me say it's that all, I it's just, all total chaos it is on it Sunday is, but it all worked the most out. relaxing day it's all like we just chaos it up and yeah but it did it all it worked did. out we all made it into the panel we all Justin, got seats Justin called me and was like what character do you want? <laughs> and I'm like, Mystique, please. Uh, but anyway, the Doctor Who panel was really fun. It was awesome. I loved it. And I think that everybody else, I mean, Heather, yes. you loved it too. Yeah, my, I, I don't know if, if I got a chance to tell you or not, but my dad, my dad really enjoyed it. He said that he, uh, he actually, he used to be a Doctor Who fan once upon a time, um, many moons ago. Oh, okay. If I can make some more, my dad's kind of old. <laughs> No problem. That's uh, that's what I'm trying to allude to here. But once upon a time, he was a Doctor Who fan, and he sort of fell out of it. And he has seen some, you know, my sister, I think, has four or five seasons on DVD, and then I'm sure they've probably watched some on Netflix or what have yeah. you. But um, he sort of fell out of sorts with it at, you know, some point in his teens or what have you. And uh, But he, he really enjoyed the panel. He really liked the perspective, having the four different the four different people there because we had basically we had a we had director actor writer and fan as our panel yes and so just so people know the panel was moderated by chris hardwick from the nerdist podcast woot big fan uh and then on the panel was the guy who played badger Mm-hmm. from uh if you've seen firefly he was badger on whatever planet that was 
and he's been in a whole bunch of uh, he's been in a whole bunch of other stuff leverage chuck uh what else he's he's ridiculous um is it mark russell i'm not sure i am not sure but i am sitting here looking at photos of the panel but uh but he's he's fantastic he um oh I think he is he on he might be on Eureka too I don't know he has his oh he's on Supernatural that's the other oh one. that's right that's what he yeah. said yeah and he um he's just awesome Mark Shepard Shepard Mark Shepard and uh, the director of the first two episodes of this new season Toby Haynes was there as well talking about his uh, his work and uh, established comic book writer and uh, oh my author God. Neil Gaiman oh was my there. God. Who, uh, it was so cool to hear him talk about how he'd always wanted to write an episode of Doctor Who and finally got to do it, basically. Which, you know, that was the thing about everyone up there was that they'd all been, they'd all been great fans and all had just, you know, I mean, for, for most, for, for them, it, it was a matter of that is what actually got them into their, you know, into their fields in some cases. I mean, it was what they grew up seeing and wanting to do and I mean for for Mark Shepard he'd always wanted to be on it and you know he thought you know as his career got he said this that as his career got a little bigger he got a little more notoriety Thought maybe I'll finally get to do it and then Doctor Who just kept getting bigger and bigger and he's going oh it's never going to happen and then they called him and he was just wanted to just drop everything and you know run across the pond to it and yeah and he had something else that he was working on and they were actually nice enough to flip everything around so he could do it which he felt was just a tremendous honor to have them rearrange their schedule for him but uh, but but they all really loved what they you know they all love what they do and that's you know one of those things for me about conventions is it's not about getting you know that perfect comic book that's a 9.8 that's sealed and and uh or rated c9 exactly yeah. and it's you know or the or the mint in box toy or what have you it's i love you know i love i love the art and i love seeing the artists and that goes you know for people putting things down on paper as well as people performing mm-hmm. and uh, and seeing the passion because ultimately you know for the most part they're all they're all big geeks i mean they all love their geeks for what they do and they love what they do and I love seeing that passion in somebody and and getting to actually you know feel it in a room I mean it's it's electric to actually experience that with somebody that that is performing for you oh yeah like I know people that go to cons and like they're about I don't want to say they're all about but they're they they seem to spend a lot of time like trying to get signatures or trying to get autographs from celebrities. And, but for the most part, I mean, for me, it's about going the, like what I enjoy most about the conventions, which is so funny because when we, you know, like I was talking about Emerald city and that this year was, I think the fourth time that I've been fourth or fifth time I've been to Emerald city. And I only really started appreciating the, the creators last year. Like that was my first, eh, maybe the year before like seems like the first two years I went was kind of just a wash. I I wasn't paying attention to the creators and now I am because I'm into comic books again. And, uh, and just going through the artist alley and seeing what people are making and seeing what's, what's happening and what they're passionate about. Kind of what you said. That's what does it for me at the convention. Like I, vendors are great. I like seeing cool things. I'm, 
I, uh, I'm in a, sitting in a room full of cool things that I've purchased with my money. <laughs> so I am too. It's pretty impressive. Well, thank you. But the, you know, the, you're welcome. The, the, the deal for me is like, I could look at that stuff all day, but that's not what I want to spend my money on. Like I spent, I bought the doctor who shirt and I bought the Batman comic con exclusive. Yes. But aside from that, everything else that I bought was, was artwork created by the people right. who were at those tables. And I just, I really love that about comic book conventions. Yeah. We used to be a little bit more about the, uh, you know, getting the, getting the figures or statues and that sort of thing. And I mean, and we still do dig those, but, um, for me, the last, the last few cons and that goes, you know, at least a year back, I'd say have been more about, you know, I, le- I, I would rather spend my money on, uh, t-shirts or clothing that I'm going to get use out of mm-hmm. and then artwork because I get to, appre- I mean, not to say that I don't appreciate the artwork that's put into sculpting a statue or an action figure. Cause obviously there's artists and people involved in all of that. And that's somebody's craft as well. But, um, but I really, I really like, I really like getting artwork. I like artwork and prints and that sort of thing because I can, I can put it up on the wall and go, look what I have. And it's pretty and everyone can enjoy it. And, or, you know, some people won't and that's their problem. But yeah. I don't want to get into a whole thing about no, artwork yes. right now, but one of the things that I really love about being able to go to a show and, and pick up somebody's, somebody's artwork, whether it's original comic art or a sketch or a print is that I swear, like every single thing that I have on my wall is a, my walls downstairs, upstairs, wherever here it's, there's a story behind that particular piece. What there might not be a story for all these Godzilla posters really. I mean, I could tell you a story about that movie. Right. And I could tell you, yeah, I think I remember where I got that. But for, as for like for the prints, every single one of those, I'm like, Oh man, I have a cool story about that one. I have a cool story about that one over there, you know? And, just to me that that makes it really yes that personalizes it for me as as my in my experience but uh i think it's probably a good idea for us to talk about the panel the panel. idw panel so on saturday idw publishing hosted a godzilla panel talking about their brand new series which i'm sure just about everybody knows uh some that listens to the show at least i'm if sure everybody where have you been I'm sure everybody knows that Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters just came out on March 30th, and uh, I've been ranting about it for the past six months. Came out to uh, to roaring, roaring success. Roaring yes, success. Yes. Ooh, um, if only you had a little Godzilla roar. That oh, it's at right work. Here. It's at work. Uh, but do uh, anyway. Due to some te- technical difficulties, I don't actually have the audio from the IDW panel with me right now, so we're going to talk about it instead. Poor, poor listeners. And uh, if that does become available, I'm going to like offer it up as a supplemental download. So uh, at the panel, a lot was discussed. A lot of questions were asked. And uh, Chris Mowry showed a bunch of slides containing never-before-seen artwork from the comic, as well as showing some other monsters not yet on the IDW roster. And he um, kind of pulled the audience. Some of the major points from the series... Um, that I got out of it were that Phil Hester, who is on the book right now, um, he is only contracted through the first four issues. So his replacement uh, in the series will be Victor Santos, who is working on the current series of Mice Templar along with some other stuff. He's a he's a Spanish artist. Um, Chris showed some examples of 
of uh, Santos's artwork, but nothing from the actual actual comics. This was just sample stuff. Uh, they also talked about the retail store promotion with the you know get your get your comic shop crushed by Godzilla and how uh, how those numbers were through the roof basically. They had they had essentially expected a a handful of stores to to be interested in it because it it required a store to buy five hundred yeah. issues, uh, five hundred copies I should say of of the issue, and so they expected you know maybe. Maybe 10, 12 stores, you know, something like that. They ended up with 76 in the first run, I believe. Was that the first? I think I think 75 stores, and then there are a handful of other variant covers, and then there are, like, like at WonderCon, which I didn't mention, but I, I think people know, WonderCon had its own cover that they had a very uh, special cover where instead of it just being the foot coming down and crushing um, the convention center... It was actually like a full-blown picture of Godzilla crushing the convention center. Um, but yeah, like 75, 75 stores plus another 25 different covers or something like that. It, it makes for at least 80 covers, if not more. I think, and I think they I think said that... The grand, well, and then they said that there was a second... There there's going to be a second, second run, yeah. Right, because there, well, there was a second round of stores that requested it then as well. There were some more stores that came about that they have to add in because they named all the stores in case anyone is interested in collecting all of the, yeah. the covers. They had named everyone that had done it and they're going to, in the second printing, they actually have to add some names to the list of stores that came in a little late and they had another 12. So I believe that the final number was actually 100. Yeah. Well there, and which is amazing for IDW. Um, and I know that, uh, there was mention I had there's no official word on this yet because I asked, I specifically asked today about it but there's there was mention of like a collection a cover collection that's going to help raise money for Japan's tsunami relief which yes. uh, as soon as I know anything about that I will talk about it. Uh, they also talked a little bit about the upcoming Gangsters and Goliaths miniseries by John Lehman and Alberto Ponticelli. So they also mentioned that there will most likely be some one shots and uh, to support other monsters that aren't going to get like a big sort of integration into the regular Godzilla kingdom of monsters series. Chris had a bunch of slides prepared that uh, showcased a lot of monsters that were not on their roster. Um, sort of IDW's next draft picks, if you will, of Kaiju. And he sort of as, so he went through and like said, you know, so show by applause, like who you'd like to see. And they, I mean, they showed, uh, a whole bunch of different monsters. Right, because they had their list, and then they said, "Well, beyond this list, what would you like? Yeah. What would you like to see?" And and they had, all, I mean, they had all sorts of monsters in there from uh, from Megalon. And I, you know, what I got out of it actually is that the uh, the most applause went to the seventies monsters like Jet Jaguar and Megalon, and um, uh, I can't even remember who else was in there. But I just I thought it was funny that. Those those guys got the most applause. People from the seventies, I guess so. Which I wouldn't say that the audience was of one particular age either. I would say that it was a fairly well rounded. It was oh, and it was a good turnout for the panel too. Uh, there there was I mean you know it was in a in a modest sized room, but it was a nice it was a nice sized turnout for the panel. It was cool. Yeah. Oh, and if uh, I don't think I mentioned this, I was I was actually up there on stage oh, with those guys. Kyle was on the panel. Did we mention that Kyle was totally on the panel? Yeah, uh, it was one of those things where I didn't know if I was going to be part of it at first, um, but 
but Chris said, yeah, man, we'd love to have you up there. And he was stage candy. I, <laughs> I said on Facebook that I felt like I didn't really do much. I was just up there to look pretty. To which uh, I was told by Bob Johnson that I was ruggedly handsome on Facebook. Stage candy. Stage candy. Uh, so um, anyway, so they, they showed a bunch of a bunch of pictures, a bunch of uh, monsters. And and then after that, uh, they took questions. And um, if you can't wait for the audio to be posted, which I, I actually suggest if you're interested in what people asked, don't wait for the audio to be posted because um, the audio is probably not going to be good. We this is my first time on a panel where we recorded it and took questions and in a big room like that. And uh, what we probably should have done is repeated the question before answering it. Right. So which that in some cases, audio. right. In some cases they did for the sake of the audience and the other people on the panel because not everyone could project, but I'm, I'm pretty positive that none of them are going to show up on the audio as far as. Yeah. You know, it was just a few the really. They, yeah, they didn't have uh, they didn't have a mic set up for the the audience members. So, so if you want if you want to see what was talked about on this panel, I'll have a link in the show notes to Dustin Kabil's coverage on PlayerAffinity.com. dot com. Um, he he wrote down every single question and and uh, every single answer too. It's online. That's hardcore. It's on the internet's. I'm sure he recorded it. <coughs> Unlike just- me took the magic right out of that for me uh anyway we followed up the questions by giving away some comics and uh in order to get those comics people had to correctly answer trivia questions in comes kyle and that that was where i had my moment to shine and that was a lot of fun um for those of you that that doubt it he is a kaiju machine he uh he he just he sat at he sat at the the table the night before and just busted questions out of his brain. I would have expected some, you know, some some Wikipedia, some Google searches, but he he just pulled stuff out of thin air. People, he uh, he knows his stuff. I I would hope they know that, but uh, they weren't really hard questions. I mean, in I, case you think it's just all a scam, yeah. <laughs> this guy Kyle, he's a faker. Um, but no, the, you know, the questions I, I, you know, a couple of examples were, you know, uh, use some from my geek trivia. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I thought they were all easy, but it was, it was, uh, there was a wide ver- uh, variety of them and, you know, not everybody got their question right, which kind of made me feel good but at the same time, kind of made me feel bad. Right. The very last kid, I didn't have another question written down, so I had to make one up. I made it up and it was too hard for him. <laughs> <laughs> Right, was, they were like, "Let's give him, let's give him like, an easy one." I was like, "What's the uh, the creature? What creature from Godzilla X Megaguirus was also in the 1956 Rodan film?" <laughs> and he was like, oh, "I don't know." And somebody actually ran up behind him and whispered in his ear, "Meganeuron." And he didn't catch it, <laughs> so he said, "Megalon." <laughs> and <laughs> I said, "Yes." I'm pretty sure you said Mega Neuron, so you went a, and he was like, no, no, I said Megalon. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure you said Mega Neuron. I really, trying, I was trying to wink at him and everything. I really enjoyed that guy running up behind him. That was, that was really it funny. It was funny. It was good. Anyway, we gave away all the comics and uh, it was, it was cool. I was very happy with the turnout. I, the last time I did a Godzilla panel was at Crypticon and there were not, not many people there, but that's, Crypticon's way smaller, like, not even on the same scale. 
I and Kyle gave away a bunch of kaiju cast stickers. Oh yes, I did. I which did. Uh, were very well received, and I got the feeling that it was not just a matter of somebody's giving out free stuff, but people actually uh, were interested. So that was awesome. Yeah. Well, when we we were introducing ourselves, I was I was super pleased to hear people applaud when they heard who I was. That was that was really cool. And then of course meeting people so if you're listening to this and you're at the show and you came up and talked to me if your kid came up and talked to me it was a pleasure meeting you it was a pleasure handing out stickers if you are on facebook you can check out the pictures i have them in my photo gallery for the kaiju cast it'll be under a wondercon 2011 and if you haven't grabbed the ones yet that my dad posted my dad took some pictures. My dad took some pictures at your panel too, <laughs> Kyle, because he likes you. You should you should show me those then. Okay. Uh, I think what we're gonna do right now, though, is we're gonna take a little break because uh, these voices have been talking for quite some time, and I'm sure you wow, need wow, wow, a wow, little wow, bit wow, of a break. So stay tuned for more. <laughs> the ocean's unfathomable depths, a gigantic, man-like creature appears. From the fiery depths of the Earth comes a prehistoric mastodon of destruction. Before has the screen known such heart-stopping terror. Starring Nick Adams. Well, I feel he's very important from a scientific point of view. I'd have to cut off a leg or an arm. Doctors, I won't let you conduct this test. Frankenstein, with the strength of a thousand men. And every man's need for affection that makes him a willing captive. The chain hurts you. The new scoop of the century. The horrifying touch of a severed hand with a life of its own. The terrifying force of a monster that dwarfs man's tallest structures.
United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So not a lot of news this week. Not not much. Uh, the biggest thing, the biggest thing is that this weekend is Monster Palooza in the Marriott Burbank Hotel and Convention Center. It sounds like a blast. If you're in the area, you really owe it to yourself to go because I sure wish I was going. I know some listeners are, are going to go check it out. Uh, Miguel Rodriguez, I'm talking right at you, man. I, I, I would love a report from uh, from that because that um, is where probably Haruo Nakajima, the very first Godzilla, is going to be a, attending his very last time in the U.S. No way. Um, I'm not positive. I mean, you never know. He could make another trip, but right. he's getting up there in years. And so um, August and some other people are going to be interacting with him all weekend there. Sounds like a blast. Whoops, another update from future Kyle here. While Monster Palooza is this weekend, next weekend here in Portland, we've got the Stumptown Comics Fest, which should be a lot of fun. I've already set up the interview time for Mr. Eric Powell, so I'll be uh, talking to him. If you have questions that you would like me to ask him, make sure you email me. Um, I'm going to go through them and see which ones I think would be a good fit for him. Other than that, uh, he'll be part of the May episode, provided nothing goes wrong. Uh, also, uh, there's a whole bunch of information that can be found on the website, which I'll have a link to in the show notes. Okay, I've got to go before I do something that changes the timeline. Enjoy the rest of the show, everybody. Additionally, as uh, we mentioned earlier, IDW Publishing has announced that their very first issue of Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters has sold out just one day after debuting across North America. In response to the overwhelming success, Ted Adams, IDW's CEO, says that a second printing is in order and will happen as soon as possible and will most likely arrive in comic stores in May with the Alex Ross cover artwork and a foil treatment of some kind. Chris Ryle mentioned that the issue was their biggest print run ever, so congratulations to IDW on their success with the comic. I know I'm looking forward to issue number two. Uh, So yesterday or last night, I guess another earthquake hit off the coast of Japan, uh, right in the same area, right around Sendai. They uh, they do still need aid, everyone. So if you have a source that you trust, like Doctors Without Borders or Red Cross, Red Cross Japan, and you haven't donated yet, there are lots of places to do that. I'll have some more links in the show notes, uh, places you can do that. Uh, so I, I personally donate to the Red Cross just because I know that uh, the aid gets where it needs to. But I, I want to say that Doctors Without Borders is a good one, too. Right. And I was going to say, for those of you that, you know, I mean, it's it's a hard time all around for for plenty of people, you know, just jobs and what have you. But, uh, you know, if you don't feel that you can really that you're really able to donate money, there's there's plenty of things that are needed in Japan as well. I mean, simple, you know, if it's if it's, you know, food goods, I mean, there's people collecting food items, blankets, clothing. Um, I know that baby formula is something that I heard that is uh, that is drastically needed. So look into look into other options if you don't feel that you can give that you can give money, but maybe you have some things laying 
you know, laying around that, uh, that you realized that, you know, you were going to just put into storage for the year and instead could send to a good cause. Yeah. I read something on the BBC website today saying that like 28,000 people are either dead or missing. Yeah. It's big numbers. It's uh, it's astronomical. Uh, so not to bring everybody down with that, but I just wanted to mention that because, uh, I failed to, in the last show, uh, it's, it is really important and, uh, they could definitely use our help. And our, our thoughts are definitely with them. Last thing I have to mention, uh, in the news is like in the last episode, I talked, uh, in the Daikaiju discussion for Godzilla versus Megalon, uh, August had mentioned something on the Facebook page about Megalon looking like it might get a legitimate release here in the States through classic media. Then like over the weekend, uh, sci-fi Japan posted a short article about that saying that no one at classic media had any plans to release the film. Anyway, there's this big kind of hullabaloo about the different sides of the argument and I'm not going to get in the middle of it, but the, you know, the news portion of this is that while there are issues between kind of a this party said that, this party said that kind of thing, it just looks like at the moment there are no concrete plans for a Megalon DVD. Uh, of course, as soon as I hear anything, I'll let you know. But that is the end of the news. As always, if you found this podcast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and you want to go beyond the podcast itself, simply point your web browsers to kaijucast.com. And check out the blog where you can see those handy links in the show notes. Vote in the polls, which I think I need to update, actually. Heather, you're on the spot. Uh-oh. Give me a poll for the listeners here. What? I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of wing it cheap here. But, uh, <laughs> what monsters would they like to see IDW bring into the mix? Ooh, that's good. There we go. That's good. I should. I think what I'll do that's is... That's why I'll, I'm here, folks. I'll grab, I'll grab some of the audio that I do have and pull out some of the monsters and I'll post those in the in the poll. Good call, Heather. There we go. Co-host, ladies and gentlemen. And what else? Oh, and you can see the full list of Daikaiju discussion uh, films up there. The Kaiju cast is also on Facebook and Twitter. Quite a lot of activity happens on the Facebook page in between episodes, so make sure you check those out, especially if you're already on Twitter or uh, or Facebook. Also, if you'd like to send me an email, submit your thoughts, questions, and reviews for the next film in the Daikaiju discussion, just send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. As of today, I am mostly caught up with those emails. Mostly. Uh, don't forget that the next film we're discussing is the Korean Yongari Monster from the Deep from 1967. Just make sure to get your homework turned in by the 22nd. So adorable. To be included in the Daikaiju discussion for April. I wanted to thank Chris and Bobby uh, from IDW and everybody else from IDW Publishing as well for letting me be a part of the panel. It was a ton of fun and I hope to get the opportunity to do it again sometime. Thanks to everyone who came out and said hi to me, especially those who listen because you are awesome. Thanks to Heather for co-hosting with me here tonight. Hopefully she'll be back for more co-hosting duties in the coming months. A pleasure. Yay. And uh, not to mention uh, our Daikaiju discussions as well. Yes. Uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to leave you with one more final song tonight. I wanted to play something from Akira Ifukube. This one is called Daimajin is Angry from Return of Daimajin. And uh, Heather, do you know how to say goodbye in Japanese? I do not, Kyle. Well, the way I say it is Jamata. Jamata.